and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of January 22nd, 2024. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And midway through the week, it felt as if it was going to be a week that finished red. The market didn't really like some of the economic data, specifically the stronger than expected retail sales number. And then you look up at the end of the week, and once again, the S&P 500 is up 1.17%, which brings the year-to-date gain to 1.47%, or about 1.5%. Technology, the best-performing sector, up 4.13%, and utilities, the worst-performing sector, down 3.7%. So feels like shades of 2023, where you had tech up big. You had consumer discretionary up, communication services outperforming the market up 1.4%. And ultimately, it was the sectors that are defensive that lagged. Healthcare down 75 basis points. Utilities, as I mentioned, down nearly 4%. And then staples down 1%. So the data itself, retail sales stronger than expected, seem to, at least halfway through the market, spook this market a little bit. And the reason I say that it spooked the market is because, once again, if the economic data that, in theory, is predictive of inflation remains strong, that puts the Fed in a tough position and, at the very least, compromises this rate cutting schedule that the market is pricing in very aggressively, I must say. The Fed itself has signaled three. The market seems to be thinking we'll get as many as five or six. People disagree on the buy side and the sell side, but consumer sentiment, extremely strong. That was one of the strongest beats in consumer sentiment we've seen for quite a while. We had multiple Fed folks speaking down this market, speaking down inflation throughout the week. And then on the housing front, Housing starts were higher than expected, permits higher than expected, existing home sales missed, but that's sort of been the case in this higher mortgage rate environment. But all in all, this is a market which didn't have a crazy week in terms of volume, 572 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. But remember, that was in just four days of market action because of the holiday. So a positive week. For those who are positioning for 2024 like they were positioned for 2023 or based on what worked in 2023. And it's a market that continues in some ways to defy gravity. And I don't mean that to say that this market can't lurch higher and some of the underpinnings of this market don't remain strong. In fact, they do. If you look at historically, when you've seen in inflation start to normalize, you've seen the end of Fed rate hiking cycles, and you've seen economic activity in this range based on what we saw last year from a GDP level, and we'll see fourth quarter GDP at least preliminary later this week, that tends to be a very good recipe for equities. And of course, as we talked about in the first part of the year, presidential election cycles tend to be very positive for the market. The makeup of performance at the sector level, does vary year to year in terms of those presidential election cycles. But the point is, this was once again a very strong week for the S&P 500, considering all that it's up against in terms of some of the narratives in the market. And of course, 
the ongoing ge geopolitical uncertainty. And from a overall flows perspective, it was pretty muted. Two and a half million shares redeemed in aggregate across the lineup. We had 10 million shares on the rolling one week basis redeemed out of XLF, but we did see some creation activity in healthcare, some creation activity in Staples, 2 million shares created in healthcare, 3 million shares created in Staples, 2 million shares created in industrials, and another 2 plus million shares created in XLRE. The flip side is, is we saw 2.6 million shares redeemed out of utilities, which is just a sector that has not been working, worst performing sector last year, and has begun the year as one of the worst performing sectors here in 2024. So a subdued week in terms of volumes, despite the fact that it was a short week, but not necessarily a subdued week in terms of market action. And when you have technology up 4% on the back of a week in which it was also up 4% or so, 4.4% the week prior, that is a tremendous story. And I can't help but use technology as the sector and focus this week just because it was up more than 50% last year on a total return basis. This year, it is the best performing sector once again. And of course, the the year-to-date performance hasn't been dramatic just in terms of where we're at at nearly the one-month period in 2024. But all in all, this is one of those years where you're looking at the market, breaking it down by sector, and ultimately, you're trying to figure out just how this sector, technology, which has led so much in the market's rally, led by those key companies in the sector, can continue to do this. And if you look at relative strength, it has the, the strongest relative strength reading of any sector in the market. And the two sectors that it's often paired with or talked about alongside communication services and consumer discretionary because of the strong performance of those three sectors in 2023 have turned a little bit on a relative strength basis. They're both outperforming the market and have been for quite some time. But just looking at the relative strength chart here, both of them have shown a turn on a relative strength basis. Now, the moving average hasn't necessarily turned, but that tends to come with a turn in the absolute relative performance. If you look at technology, both the average and the absolute relative performance are showing strong relative performance. And it's a sector that is at the tip of everybody's tongue. It's the one that gets a ton of media coverage. And you look at how it's trading on a trailing earnings basis. So we're going to get fourth quarter earnings from technology in the coming weeks. We haven't heard from those guys yet, but just 2023 estimated earnings, it's trading at 32 and a half times 2023 estimated earnings. And that's 10 turns above what the S&P 500 is trading at. Historically, as we've talked about on the pod many times, technology traded at basically the market's multiple on a trailing basis for a very long period of time coming out of that dot-com bubble bursting. And here we are once again at COVID level relative valuations on a trailing PE basis. Now it looks much better on a 2024 estimate basis. So 28 times 2024 consensus earnings versus 20 times consensus estimates for the S&P 500. So eight turns above the market, but that's still on a relative basis 
compared to history, a much higher valuation than the market has been willing to put on technology. And when you decompose the technology sector, as we've talked about, it's compounded ROE at 36% over the course of the past five years. That's significantly higher than any sector in the market. It's expected to be the second fastest grower of earnings relative to 2023 on a consensus basis here in 2024. Not a lot of leverage, strong free cash flow. We've gone through the case why these companies are, from a factor perspective, quality factor companies in a sector that provides you with a tremendous amount of growth from an earnings perspective. And so Technology is a sector we get a lot of questions about when engaging with advisors because it had such a strong year in 2023. It's trading at such significant premium to the market on a relative valuation basis, and yet it just continues to move higher. That's eight plus percent over the course of the past two weeks for a sector that was already beginning the year at a very rich premium to the market on a relative valuation basis. And so it's hard to ignore the technology sector. And once again, the reason why it's a sector in focus this week. So looking ahead to next week on the economic data front, we get leading economic indicators, which I talk about a lot on this podcast because the conference board does give us a very different perspective on the economy, a forward-looking one at that, but also one that they have been at the very least, a lot less bullish on in terms of the economy itself. They've been talking about a shallow recession here in 2024 for quite some time. They've backed off their call for a deeper recession, and they've also been predicting a real GDP print for 2024 full year that is less than 1%. So those leading economic indicators, which of course, as we've talked about, peaked such a long time ago. And historically, when you get that type of gap between when you peak in leading economic indicators and where we're at now, it tends to portend a recession. If we get some meaningful change in the direction and trajectory of those leading economic indicators, when we hear from the conference board this week, we'll also get PMIs, both services and manufacturing, to get a textured view of the economic backdrop in both of those segments. We'll get fourth quarter GDP, which will tell us a lot about how we finish the year from an economic activity perspective. And then the big one is PCE, which we'll get at the end of the week, and as we've talked about time and time again, is the Fed's favored indicator of inflation and has not been necessarily approaching the levels that the Fed is targeting from an inflationary perspective. And if it is continuing to decelerate, which has been showing signs of alongside CPI, alongside PPI, but not necessarily bumping up against the level that the Fed is targeting, that again puts the Fed in a difficult spot ahead of their upcoming meeting. And then finally, we'll also get pending and new home sales. And that new home sales segment has been an important driver economically because that is one of the segments where we've seen activity because the existing home sales, which again was a miss this week, partly because those folks with low mortgage rates are less willing to sell their homes because of the impact it will have on their cost of borrowing, moving up from a 3% or a 3.5% mortgage to a 6% mortgage isn't all that palatable, even if you have some mobility in terms of what you're trying to do 
from a housing perspective. So something to keep an eye on that might not move the market as much as PCE or GDP or even LEIs, but certainly data that gives us a feel for the strength of that new home market. And importantly, has been one of the massive tailwinds for the home building segment, which was one of the stronger segments in the market over the course of the past 18 months. On the earnings front, we're in the thick of it. 60 plus companies or around 60 companies, I should say, reporting this week. We're going to hear from a number of different companies that are key in a number of different sectors. So Procter & Gamble in Staples, Johnson & Johnson in healthcare, Netflix, Tesla in the consumer discretionary sector. That's a 16% weight in XLY, by the way, and a, and a company, of course, that everyone loves to talk about, everyone loves to break down, including the CEO, Nextera, in the utility sector, one of the companies that was a big drag on that sector last year. We'll also be reporting. That's a 13% weighting in XLU. We'll hear from Visa and XLF, a fairly newly minted financials company. Remember, we saw a GIX change that took Visa and put it in the financial sector alongside MasterCard. And then finally, Caterpillar in industrials, which is another global bellwether as it relates to global metals and mining and construction activity. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as always, please visit sectorspiders.com for everything sectors, information, research, market perspectives, and the like. Take care, and thanks once again for listening.